What's her name again, Miss? That's a good question. Oh, that's crazy. It starts with O. Phaedra. Yeah! Yeah! Miss Phaedra. Your daughter a crazy one. Everybody, uh, this is the Game Day podcast for the Daily Northwestern Undercast Corner. I'm the host Lawrence Price, alongside Sky and Alex. They have returned. Well, clearly we don't have John and Charlotte, but uh, we got half the crew back for three fifths. Last week, me and John were on the pod uh, as Northwestern lost against Iowa, going into Ohio State, and they just played Ohio State this past weekend. We, all three of us were there, or the whole squad was there, except Charlotte was in the stands because it was her birthday. Um, and, you know, it was a very close game in consideration of what we thought it would be, 21-7. to Northwestern clearly lost. Um, maybe you should have said clearly, but, you know, it was a very much closer game than we expected. Would you, would you all say, or how would you, you know, how would you evaluate the game, even though Scott was kind of complaining to me about the weather a lot? Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Well, I definitely was not expecting Northwestern to score the touchdown first in the game, and also was not expecting Ohio State to have such a low-scoring performance. Just definitely a lot of key takeaways that it was a little eye-opening, and just like, is Ohio State having a rough period? Or, like we talked about, we're getting into weather later, but is this something that is Northwestern is making adjustments to get better and stronger for the last remaining games of the season? I do think that was a question um, as well before, Alice, you get into what you were going to say. But, um, you know, you kind of got to think about Northwestern is clearly not going to make a bowl game this year. Are they preparing for next year or are they still competing? Of course, they're trying to compete at the highest level, but is it about getting the younger guys reps over, you know, um, guys that might have a little bit more experience. Scott's face, facial reaction was crazy. Go ahead, Alex, go ahead. I echo a lot of similar statements that Scott said. Um, you know, I, I think the big thing for me was the success of the direct snap on Northwestern scoring drive. Ultimately proved its downfall later in the game, which we'll get to. Um, but, you know, I thought I thought Sullivan did well against one of the nation's best defenses. I would have mm. liked to see him, use more, you, see him use more. I understand the effects of the weather, which we'll also talk about. But, you know, Evan Hall and Cam Porter put up a saw game. It's what you want from your two best running backs, um, especially in that climate. But, you know, there, there are some question marks um, surrounding some of the play calling, mm. which has been a concern all year. Jeez. But, um, yeah, that, that I, I was surprised that the game so, for so long felt like Northwestern was controlling it a little bit. And I think that was really um, a lot we saw in the first half when Northwestern was first to score, and we're all in the press box. It was just like, in shock, like, whoa, Northwestern actually scored first. They actually scored against Ohio State. And you could tell it was really the run game getting going. And, of course, the defense was amazing uh, during the game. Um, but the offense was really getting it going on the ground. It wasn't even the pass game because, as we know, it was 30-mile-per-hour winds, rain coming down, and Evan Hull was showing how much of a game-changer he was. So was uh, Brendan Sullivan. Um, but... Then it just kind of fell apart, I would say. The the offense just couldn't get anything going. Of course, Ohio State's defense got even better and better. But it felt like Northwestern was kind of just shooting themselves in in the foot. Um, would you all agree? Or Yeah, like 
to be honest, it kind of felt like a snooze fest after the third, like going into the third and fourth quarter. It was just a matter of time before Ohio State got kicking and went into gear. And I just think that Brendan Sullivan, like the run game is only going to get us so much further. And Ohio State's defense went into halftime, went into the locker room, picked that out, pointed it out, and came out stronger and basically made it so much harder for him to use the Wildcat formation, use the run game, use Evan Hall or Cam Porter. So he definitely just has to get better at his passing game, and that's what we saw was lacking in the second half. That's a much better analogy than in the first week when you talked about stepping on someone's neck. You know, I feel like coming out of halftime and kicking it and those verbs, everything, that's better. But I would agree. I mean, <laughs> I would agree. We we saw, or we even talked about before the pod, we saw Northwestern because of how bad the win was. One, they weren't kicking field goals. Both teams weren't kicking field goals, but they tried to stick to the run game, right? And that meant trying to be more dynamic and using the Wildcat a lot. But it felt, honestly, I, I thought that it was more, should just use over excessively. I feel like Coach Bajakian used it too much to wear, you know, it's three straight plays and it's all Wildcat. You can only do so much. If I know Evan Hull is going to be in the backfield and he's the only one in the backfield, I'm feeling the boss. If I'm the defensive coordinator, I, we know exactly what's going to happen, uh, right? So I think that, the Wildcat play was is effective, but you gotta let Sully rock. We saw a few plays where it was just um, crazy, uh, you know, him just scrambling against the Ohio State defense, throws it across the field to Malik Washington to get the first down. I think that that just shows, you know, you can't you you took the ball out of his hands a lot um, at times that maybe you should not have. I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, I just listen. I was gonna pinpoint this, and you guys both touched on it, but this is how Northwestern started their third quarter. Came out of halftime, direct snap, direct snap, direct snap, direct snap, Sweet. direct snap. QB keeper, which was on third and one, not on fourth and one, third and one, because I think that's important, and then another direct mm-hmm. snap. So you took your quarterback off the field six times on your opening drive, um, and the one time you brought him on, you tried to uh, let him drive through behind um, eight or nine guys in the box. And You know, listen, there's Ohio State has better athletes. They have more dynamic playmakers. Unless that's Derrick Henry, I don't want to see that that much. If that's, if that's Derrick Henry, I understand, because he's like 6'4", going about 20, 22. I was getting there. I was getting there. I apologize. Let me hand the rock back off to you. They have more dynamic playmakers. They all around probably have better top-end talent, which I don't think is a hard – I don't think that's an insane take, obviously. That's not a hot take. But it's not. It's not. But, like, like you said, you're going to load eight guys in the box and then just say try and block for Hull. I mean, at some point you got to. They they're scheming for it at that point, and you just it, it felt like a team desperate desperately trying to like not lose by a bunch of points rather than trying to win a game, and knew knew that their personnel for whatever reason like although they say that they believed in them it didn't feel like they were believing their personnel if you're going back to the same play over and over it I, wasn't working it was beating a dead horse I I agree I agree it is and we haven't transitioned to the defensive play yet but the defense was playing their tails off yeah. right and of course. The defense can play so good, but when you're going up against such a great offense like Ohio State, they're going to get those plays. Or There's there's going to be those one-man breakdowns, which we saw in the second half, where Northwestern is going to give up that big play. That could lead to a touchdown. And, you know, North, it felt like Northwestern wasn't capitalizing on the opportunities that the defense uh, was giving them. But uh, I don't know if you all still want to talk about the offense, but we can uh, transition to the defense and the weather. Uh, the weather, we talked about it earlier, but it was 30 miles per hour, like between 25 and 35 miles per hour winds yep. the whole entire game. I don't think 
like from the press box, we can't really see how effective the wind is. I don't think we noticed until we got off the elevator to the press, the media or press conference, and was like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, and then it was downpours between like the first and third quarter of the whole entire game, which could have affected, well, it affected clearly both offenses, but the defense played their butt off, I would say, especially, I mean, do you all have some key players that just had a great game? I can name a few, like Cam Mitchell, who had three pass breakups. Tommy. Tommy. Well, Tommy. Rod Hurd. I was just going to say, kind of like you mentioned this um, in the press conference, but how interesting, similar weather factor in Penn State. Mm. Both defense then and in Saturday's game showed up to play. Mm. So is there a trend? Is there something going on between weather and the defense just gets inspired? Or are these top-tier offenses struggle with uncontrolled environments? And if you want to learn more about that, Go read my article on the Daily Northwestern about, you know, how the weather and defense and even quotes from the players. I mean, but I, I just had to plug that. But I, I definitely agree, Alex. Did you want to speak on that at all? Or and just the effect of the weather? Yeah, well, actually, I mean, I can. I mean, I, get, I already know the weather was hard. I was huffing and puffing and. Oh, my goodness. I tell <laughs> y'all, we get out of my car. Scott is complaining the whole 10 to 15 minute walk. I'm like, stop complaining. Stop complaining. Oh, my goodness. I was so cold. And it was crazy because the weather said 60 degrees, but that wind made it feel like 20. She's going to wear only a dress shirt. No socks. I'm wearing flats, by the way. No socks and a dress shirt. And she's going to wonder why it's cold or just very windy. Uh, But, yeah, I would just say we we experienced the effect of the wind. Um, Not as much the rain as well, but... I think it's a huge question to ask, and I kind of asked it to Coach Fitz, and, you know, he said, he he responded by saying, you know, you're reading into this, and, you know, that's, um, maybe that might not be an issue in his eyes or anything like that, but it's definitely where, okay, the defense has looked its best when the weather has played a factor and helped them, and how in the world are you going to give up only 17 points to the season low to Penn State, well, season low with Miami, Ohio, to Penn State, five takeaways, then we come to where the weather's bad. Then we come to uh, Ohio State where the weather's bad again. And you play, you know, only 21 points uh, to the second best team in the country, right? But you go against Iowa, who has the worst offense in arguably college football. And, you know, you give up 33 points or even games before that, like Wisconsin, like Maryland with the backup quarterback. So it's, I think that's a really huge question you got to ask and really have to judge that um, with Coach Jim O'Neill's um, game. And even, I mean, we already talked about Coach Bajakian, but, I mean, Coach O'Neill, I feel like that's a huge question to ask. Yeah, it even begs the question whether these defenses, are they stepping up or is it just the opponent's offenses are stepping down mm-hmm. to Northwestern's mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. of play? I mean, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State's arguably the best quarterback in the nation, only threw 76 yards Saturday, which is... Career low. Career low. Future Detroit Lions. Or Bryce Young. I mean, but also you got to you gotta <laughs> take into account the wind was crazy. Now I said... Go ahead, go ahead. But if you're a Heisman Trophy candidate, I don't care about no wind. You should be able to play in any condition. I'm sorry, you just should. I'll back him up here. The, the ball, like, I... I not only my was ball, the ball slippery, my but... My ball knowledge is minimal, but I think I understand physics a little bit. And when he was throwing the ball, I don't think he was put, probably just... It seemed like he was putting too much on it, and then the wind was carrying it. The wind was carrying it. The wind yeah. was coming off the lake. There was, it was 
in excess of 40 miles an hour. Like it was, the conditions were tough, you know? So Alex had to leave us or leave me and Sky to handle some other duties or business. So we're gonna, us two are gonna finish it off, but we were we were pretty far into the things. We're actually talking about CJ Stroud. Sky thought his performance against Northwestern kind of questioned or not he should be in the Heisman conversation. Personally, I think he should still be in the Heisman conversation, but uh, you know, um, to each his own, to each his own. I mean, it definitely begs the question. That's going to be like my phrase of the episode, but it just, it kind of is mind boggling how much the weather did affect him. I know it was 30 mile per hour winds, mm -hmm. but when you think about it, it's just a quarterback and such a, the prestigious award of Heisman Trophy. Like you should be able to play in any condition. But, but wouldn't you say everybody has their off day? Like everybody has an off day, right? I would, but they, the... ESPN and different sports broadcasters were claiming his game against Penn State was an off game for him. So mm, okay, if that okay. was considered an off game where he scored, they scored, what, 44 points? Yeah. Then 21 with the career hey, low. Some for me. <laughs> <laughs> with a career low of 79 yards. What is that? Like him at that point, I, I just don't even know. Like. I mean, you know, I wouldn't expect much from someone throwing in 30 mile per hour wins as well. Uh, you know, especially the deeper you throw it, the harder it's going to be to, you know, keep it on target. Um, but yeah, I would say credit to Northwestern, though. Uh, uh, four pass breakups in between all, like the secondary, Xander Mueller had one um, as well. But um, I would just say. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see how Northwestern's defense compares to, um, you know, a really good Minnesota team uh, coming up. Did you want to transition into that, or did you want to talk a little bit more about Brendan Sullivan and Mike Bajakian? I mean, I think we pretty much touched on that, right? Just Yeah. Because uh, um, I think it's just about how Northwestern is going to manage allowing Sullivan to have freedom uh, throwing the ball, or is it going to – or, you know, just being able to control the offense or is it going to be more Michael Jakin and his uh, scheme that they want to rock with? I think we saw more of the scheme against Ohio State. I just think although Bajakian's scheme is the run game and we want to give Sullivan some more freedom, does he have the skill and the aptitude to pass the ball the way we need him to pass the ball? Are we, are we talking about Brendan Sullivan? Yes, I'm talking about Brendan Sullivan. <laughs> I just, I, I haven't seen it yet. To to say that I I'm so confident. plays where he would be like that. <laughs> Just to say that I'm so confident that I would trust his passing game. I can't say that. Bryce Hurst, their 40-yard connection in his first game against Wisconsin. Back shoulder grab, back shoulder pass. Perfect on the money. But it's rare dimes. Malik rare Washington dimes. deep against Maryland. The game that, who was that? Uh, Sky was that. Rare um, dimes. Touchdown. Rare dimes, but you can see the potential is there, right? You I can, can see, see the, the potential, but it's, it's going to take him time to get. But at this point, we don't have the time. The season is over. They <laughs> so got the that, time. Then are we just playing now to just play? Are we playing to win or are we uh, playing to play? Okay, okay, okay. This guy's trying to be in our lawyer bag, huh? Asking these questions. I think that you're going to rock with Sullivan and you, and, and, you, <laughs> and you know the problems that is going to, you're going to face with a young quarterback. I think that's just going to, because I think one thing that 
or two things that he brings to the table. His arm strength, we've seen it from Ryan Holinsky has, but his athleticism, Ryan Holinsky doesn't have, right? And we've seen as well with Sullivan, you know, just misreads or just bad execution or bad, uh, you know, throwing decisions, kind of like that. Um, but that's just going to come with playing the game more. As I said before, he hasn't been under center for over two years. So I feel like that's going to take him time to get used to the college level. Definitely. Agreed. Okay, so um, we actually agree on that. Okay, okay. Um, now I think we can transition into Minnesota. Uh, Northwestern will be traveling to Minnesota, where at least me, Alex, and John will be traveling to Minnesota uh, this weekend to see Northwestern face uh, Minnesota. Again, we talked about before how the weather's going to play a huge factor. High is going to be around 25, 27 degrees. Maybe because Northwestern has already played in weather like that, that will come to their advantage. What do you think? So how, how big do you think the weather's going to play? I definitely think it might play an advantage being that cold. You know, if anything, if they are going to do pass a passing game, quick touches, quick release, because you don't want to be holding that ball with your hands that cold. Any screenplay, screenplays. Yeah, okay. definitely they might rely on the running game, but I think we could see potentially just some, some a lot of mishaps on the miscues. Just what do you, what do you mean by that? Uh, elaborate. <laughs> elaborate. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I just think it'll be interesting to see how the weather, how much that does affect. I mean, being cold, your body moves slower, everything. So from an athlete's standpoint, just seeing how that will affect their body, the wear and tear on them, especially like Evan Hall. But mm. he is a Minnesota native, so he might be used to this. And <laughs> being home, this might also fuel him kind of like a home game in a sense. So... It'll be a fun game to watch. I feel like that would have been a great article or feature, right? Or profile, right, with him going home uh, for this game. But, I mean, I think it's going to be a really good game. Actually, on a side note, uh, I don't know what you're writing about this week, Scott, but I'm going to be talking about um, during the press conference Monday, Coach Fitz discussed um, how, you know, it's all about getting um, or, you know, the plan of just getting your guys older or getting more experience. And so, you know, I asked him about how that can impact, you know, you want to have your guys, your season bets out there, um, but also getting younger guys, like for instance, the secondary, you want to have guys like AJ Hampton, Cam, Mitchell, Rod, Hurd, Jeremiah Lewis out there, but also you got to get in guys like Darren Johnson, a sophomore who's gotten reps, or even uh, Devin Turner, who was playing major reps uh, against Maryland and Ohio State. He's a first year. Um, so, you know, you want those guys and, you know, that's going to lead to some mistakes. But um, you want to get older, um, you know, or have that experience group like we saw in 2020 where they were so successful. So what, what are you writing about this week? Well, actually, I was kind of going to pinpoint after that or ping pong after that a little bit with talking about brotherhood. Evan Holt was talking about that in the press game conference or post game conference. He was saying how despite the losses, despite everything, the sense of brotherhood has kept them in it. And I feel like that's a good way to look at the remaining games because I mean, we might not see what is going to happen. Like, you don't want to be all down in the dumps, but they could potentially go 1-11 like we predicted. I mean, it's looking like it. But it's looking like as it. long as they have that brotherhood and they stick together, they can potentially help build for a stronger 
2023 season. Oh, I thought you were going to say that's going to help them win a the game. <laughs> Brotherhood go a long way, but you need to perform on the field as well, which we have not seen them do. I'm, so, thinking, I'm thinking like that could help really good for the next season. So, okay. yeah, uh, I think that's a good thing to address as they keep going against these tougher teams, mm -hmm. this brotherhood mentality, how that has kept them bonded regardless of the score. Fast forward to the Minnesota game, but Northwestern, like we said, going to face off against Minnesota this Saturday. Um, what are your expectations or um, some keys to the game, would you say, Scott? Because I know um, this, I know we talked about the run game, but as we all know, the star running back for Minnesota, who had an amazing 2020 season before tearing his ACL, and now he's back for his sixth year. Uh, Minnesota currently right now uh, has the second most rushing yards per game. Uh, in the Big Ten, and Northwestern is either 14th or 15th, last place, right? So that's clearly a huge um, problem that Northwestern is going to need to establish. And also, I, I kind of get nervous when we talk about the weather because Minnesota's kind of used to this. Like, this is Minnesota's used to, this is the type of weather that they signed up for when coming to Minnesota, so they're used to playing in that, especially a guy that's played six years in Minnesota. Um, so kind of makes me kind of nervous and um, Honestly, I don't think Northwestern will be able to take the victory um, here again. But I do know this. Rod Wave and Mariah the Scientist will be reforming on Friday night. I might just have to stop, you know, at the Target Center. Um, you know, just make my make my rounds around the city and go see them perform because I'll be a little busy, um, you know, when they do come to Chicago. But be there in Chicago. Okay. Um, but what, what do you think about this game, Scott? What are your general thoughts, would you say? Um, yeah, definitely a little concerned, like you mentioned, for Northwestern about the weather just because Minnesota's used to playing in this environment. Uh, Coach Jim O'Neill's defense looks really good against Ohio State, but when you're going up against another top rushing offense, uh, because even in the game, we didn't know this, but Trayvon Henderson for Ohio State, their leading tailback was out. So they went to Marvin or maybe Williams, who was the backup, and he had a pretty solid day, but it took him time to warm up, everything like that. But, um, you know, Minnesota is very much an established program when it comes to the run game being known for that. Um, so Northwestern is definitely going to have to you know, play their tails off on defense, but also get the offense going. I mean, we can talk about the offense as well. We haven't seen the offense kind of come into their own yet uh, this season. Um, yeah, would you say? Yeah, I definitely would agree. We're still waiting to see the offense kind of just kickstart into that gear and get going. It's kind of, we've seen glimpses, like you mentioned, yeah. some key passes against Maryland, Wisconsin, even in Ohio State, but it's just like we're still waiting for that next little spark to ignite it. So hopefully maybe if they, you know, have this off this week to practice, they can get going. And if it might just be a battle of the offenses, to be honest, because like you said, Minnesota's defense is pretty middle of the pack and they let in points. So I think if we hold our own defensive ground, it would just be a battle of the offenses on who can get more and who can kind of just hold the ball in possession until the game clock expires. Yeah, I definitely agree, Scott. I think it will be the battle uh, of the offenses, especially uh, since, I mean, like I said before, Minnesota's kind of in the middle of the pack uh, when it comes to um, 
you know, defense-wise, uh, but, you know, their offense, sacks against or how many sacks they've given up, they're, like, at their top two in the Big Ten. So that shows you how good their offensive line is. So it's really going to be about the trench game between Northwestern's defensive line versus offensive line. Of course, Northwestern's defensive line and defense look really good against Ohio State, but Minnesota's going to be a little bit more different, especially when the weather is not really going to be such a huge factor it was um, against um, Ohio State. Um, I mean, we can pretty much wrap things up. Um, I think it's going to be a closer game than um, last week. I don't know. I don't know if you thought about the scores uh, yet uh, this week, but um, I think it's going to be a little bit of more closer game. Um, but I think it's really going to be on the offense, Northwestern's offense, to get things going um, because we haven't seen them to their best ability. I would say since Nebraska, um, where you know Ryan Holinsky looked really good. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't even seen this team. I would say domestically get into gear so I don't know if that was something in the water in Dublin and something over there that just ignited them but hopefully you know another game another reset another refocus but they could potentially come together and just get that offense going and hold strong like they did this week against Ohio, this past week against Ohio State and stay strong defensively and just make sure to block the running game and yeah go from there and I'm not sure exactly what the spread is for the game um, just yet but I'm going to stick to my word and go Northwestern is going to go 1-11 and uh, on the season. Um, I think Minnesota's just, their run game is going to be really good. But if they can stop the run game, who knows? You know, it can be a whole different ball game if Northwestern can slow down uh, Mohamed Ibrahim. Baltimore legend, I'll say that, even though he's not as big of a legend as Lamar Jackson. In my eyes, in my eyes. But, um... I mean, what can you say? Maryland's just a great state. Sky's not from Baltimore, just so you all know. She's we're, not we're from... We're free in the form now. She about what? You're about, uh, two hours away? 20 minutes. 20 minutes away from Baltimore? Yes. I'm in the next county over. So, like, what? So, like, what's... Where, where's your accent? I'm not from the city. Baltimore County and Baltimore City is a difference. I mean, you know, I know a lot of, I, I actually watch a podcast. Where's with, your Detroit accent? I, I, there's not really a Detroit accent. There is very much a Detroit I accent. I use Detroit slang, but I, there's not a Detroit accent. Midwesterners don't have an accent. Or at least Michiganders don't have an accent. I was at I was at my internship <laughs> that and they is were so like false. I was at my internship and the guy was like, Oh, where are you from? And I was like, Michigan. He was like, Oh, okay, I can tell because you don't have an accent. Boom. Um, <laughs> I think we should just end. I mean, have any any further thoughts um before Minnesota we wrap things up? <laughs> Minnesota has an accent? Yes. Have you been to Minnesota before? No. Okay. So how should how would you know? Do you know people from Minnesota? Correct, I do. A lot of you? I know a good few. Get them out. That's what they all say. But any other thoughts would you say before we wrap things up on the pod, Sky? Um, you got to give something like John does, you know? Like, I, John, if you're watching this, I can tell you. It's like you, you for sure think about what you're going to say before the end. <laughs> Clearly, Sky did not do that this time around. But um, if Sky doesn't have anything else uh, to Sky's say. Sky's the limit. <laughs> Inhale Sky, exhale dreams. <laughs> um, 
I just want to say shout out to Drake and 21's uh, album. Great album, I thought, being a big Drake fan. Um, really excited to see them on tour because I will be there. But um, I think that's really going to wrap it up for us on this pod. Make sure to watch or follow our coverage uh, from the Daily Northwestern this weekend. We're going to be back next week. You already know the deal. Uh, I'm Lawrence Price alongside Sky, the Swan, and Alex. If he was here, I would say him as well. Um, but hope you have a great rest of your night. Uh, so long. See you next time. Stay Peace. warm. Western, I'm Lawrence Price. Thanks for listening to another episode of Cat's Corner. This episode was reported and produced by me, Lawrence Price. The audio editor of the Daily Northwestern is me, Lawrence Price. The digital managing editor is Anjali Mittal, and the editor-in-chief is Jacob Fulton. Make sure to subscribe to the Daily Northwestern's podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud to hear more episodes like this. Oh, and go check out this episode on the Daily Northwestern YouTube at Daily NU Video. Peace.